to the Lord. Come on, lift those hands. Come on, lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift them, lift them, lift them. Lift those hands to the Lord right now and worship in this place. Come on, lift those hands. Come on, come on. Come on, just lift them. Right now, don't clap. Just lift. Just lift the hands to worship. Just worship. Just worship. Worship. Worship him in this place. Come on, the king is in this place. The king of kings is in this room tonight. Whenever you pray, pray, P-R-A-Y, you enter his presence. But when you praise, he enters your presence. And as we have been praising God and worshiping God, he's entered. Oh, we know God is always here, but there's a difference when you praise God. The fullness of his presence fills the room. The king of kings is in this room. The Lord of lords is in this room. The God of gods is in this room. And when he shows up, you honor, you worship, you magnify him. For royalty has filled the room. His majesty has filled the room. Our great king and our great God. We worship in adoration. Everything else ceases to be. Nothing else is more important. Once he fills the room, he becomes the soul, the center of our attention. All eyes are on him. All minds are on him. All thoughts are on him. Ha! Halalamoshikayabasata. <laughs> the king is here. The healer is here. The provider is here. Our keeper is here. Our father is here. Your Lord and my Lord, your God and my God, he's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, worship him in this place tonight. Oh, be enthroned in our praises. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. 
and at his right hand there are pleasures evermore. Ha ha. Be enthroned. That means take a seat. Take the royal seat. <laughs> the throne is where a king sits. He is our king and our God. Father, tonight we glorify and we magnify you. We honor you. God, there's something so very special about your presence. It's undeniable. It's undeniable that, Father, when you manifest your presence, your anointing, your spirit, that the atmosphere changes drastically. Peace fills the atmosphere. Joy fills the atmosphere. Love fills the atmosphere. Even faith fills and charges the atmosphere. Thank you that in this atmosphere, no demon can operate. No foul spirit can function. Thank you for in this atmosphere, Lord. Everything wrong is made right. For wherever your glory appears, things must change. God, we acknowledge your glory. We acknowledge your presence in this room tonight. We yield to you. We yield to your spirit. Wherever your spirit leads us, we'll follow. Wherever you drive us and direct us tonight, God, we'll yield to you, Lord. God, whatever you want to do in this place, whatever revelation, whatever demonstration, we yield to it tonight. Thank you, Father, that the atmosphere and our hearts are prepared for the word. So let the word flow freely in this place. Let it move swiftly and let it be glorified among your people. Let us receive the word tonight with meekness that implanted and grafted the word that's able to save our souls. That word that's not the word of men, it's the word of God, which works effectively in those who believe. Tonight we believe the word. 
Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're free to do and say whatever you want to. I yield myself to do and say whatever is on your heart. And we receive it. We believe it. And we'll act on it. We know that, Father, there will be great fruit. For your word should never return to you void. But it will accomplish that which you please and will prosper the thing to which you sent it. So speak, Lord, for your servants we hear. And we will obey. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. And amen. We'll put those hands together tonight and give God now a great hand of praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, get your Bibles. Let's open the word. We're so glad to be here tonight in the house of God. I'm glad that you all weren't all churched out from last week. We had uh, a full week last week, three nights, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, a powerful word, the revelation that came to us. And then Sunday, of course, Apostle Derber finished it off, and um, uh, we got loaded up with the word. I'm glad you all saw fit to come on. We're going to come on back, for there more. there's more. Amen. And uh, God has much more to say to us and to speak in our lives. Praise the Lord. We were blessed last week. Tremendously blessed last week. And I really, um, praise God, I really pity uh, those who uh, despise the word. In other words, they say, well, it's going to be Apostle Derber coming again. I know what he's going to say. I know what he's going to do. And uh, they just, well, I'm not going to come to that. Well, you know, you, you miss out on the now of God. <laughs> you always miss out on the now of God. And because um, you don't know. And if you think you know, you're already in trouble. Amen. And uh, I'm glad you all didn't let familiarity uh, keep you from receiving. I'm glad you didn't let familiarity keep you from coming tonight. Because a lot of folks say, well, that's just Pastor John. Well, he'll be here all the time. I can get him next week. But I'm glad y'all came tonight. Amen? Amen. Uh, my brother's here, Amen. Julius Anderson. I'm so glad to have him here. Amen. We look a lot alike. You can tell that, right? Some of y'all probably thought that was me walking in the back, but I was, I was already up here. And uh, that's my, uh, I would we'll say baby brother, but my younger, youngest brother. Because he might not like baby anymore. Amen. Uh, we called him baby boy. Amen. And um, glad to have him in town. Uh, we are one of our cousins, our first cousin, passed away last week, so they're going to be funeralizing him on this weekend. And, uh, but we're going to praise God anyhow. Amen. Amen. Uh, no sadness whatsoever. Amen. Praise the Lord. I trust that he was uh, begun the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. At that point, nothing to be sad about. Amen. You know, really, when believers go ahead of you, you really kind of get a little jealous. Really, if, if, you, if you're really a believer, if you're really a believer, if you really, really, really love God, you really get a little jealous when believers go ahead of you. Because, I mean, that they got there first before you did, and they get to enjoy a lot longer than you do. Amen. 
Well, the beautiful thing is for us, we have learned, we're faith people, that we can live days of heaven on earth. Amen. So we don't have to wait till we get over there to get our reward. We can get our rewards right here. Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Psalm number 71. Psalm number 71. Praise the Lord. Let's go back there. <clears throat> we got a little bit away from that a couple weeks ago, but let's go back into that tonight. All right. Psalm number 71. And we're going to read verses 19 through 21. 19 through 21. Praise the Lord. Let me know when you get there. Everybody, when you get there, say amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, uh, let's read together. Ready, read. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Tonight I want to talk on the subject tests and testimonies. Tests and testimonies. Can you say that with me? Say tests and testimonies. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you tonight for the word. We receive it with thanksgiving in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Take your seats tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tests and testimonies. We've been on this issue again about the law of exaltation. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, the law of exaltation and how God wants to increase us, increase our greatness. And God wants us to be great. Everybody say great. Great. Amen. We know there's a... a, a slogan that's been in our nation here the last year and a half, a couple of years, make America great again. God wants to make the body of Christ great again. Amen. God wants the body of Christ to be great again. And uh, he, wants, he wants really all humanity to be great again. He's trying to get us back to, to Adam, how it was then. And so we're meant and designed by God to be great. Everybody say great. Now, I want to just refresh your memory here again on this definition or this word great from the Hebrew. Uh, goes back to the Hebrew word gadol. Gadol, which means to grow. It means to become great or important. It means to promote. Everybody say promote. promote. I want to highlight that word this tonight. To promote. It means to make powerful, to praise, to magnify, or to do great things. So God wants us to grow. He wants us to become great or important. Two weeks ago, that's what I dealt with, right? You remember we here? Uh, Y'all don't remember, I'll tell you. We, we taught on uh, spheres of influence uh, two weeks and three weeks ago. Spheres of influence, how God wants to raise us up to a level where we, we dominate areas and we have influence. That's why God doesn't want you to be the lowest person on your job. Okay? He doesn't want you to be the lowest person in your industry. He wants to raise you up. He doesn't want you to be the uh, least known person in your neighborhood. He wants to raise you up so that you have influence because you're carrying his word. You're carrying his spirit. You're carrying his anointing. And so he wants you to have influence. Amen? And so he wants you to become important. That word important there. Then the word promote. I'll say it again. Promote, 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 promote. Praise God. Make powerful, praise, magnify, or do great things. Hallelujah. Now, so we, we've been saying this, that we are supposed to be great, right? 
Now, in that, I want you to understand that God plans on promoting each and every one of us to a place of influence in the earth. Okay? He has plans, full plans, and he's working his plan. Even right now. He's been working his plan since before you were born. To get you here and to promote you to a place of influence, to a place of greatness, to raise you up so high, to elevate you in your life that you become a, a mouthpiece, a spokesperson for him and his kingdom. You got it? I shared it with you last, last uh, two, two Wednesdays ago, how important it is that we have uh, Chick-fil-A's. Not just because it's good chicken, that Holy Ghost chicken, but because it's a, it's a Christian company who uses their, uh, their whole corporation to push God's kingdom agenda. And they are the uh, number one grossing uh, per store, number one grossing restaurant chain in America. Right. Although they close at 10 p.m. and although they're closed every Sunday, they're still in America the number one grossing uh, fast food chain in America per store. That's wonderful. That's the blessing working. Okay, I also told you about Hobby Lobby. Remember Hobby Lobby? Hobby Lobby is the world's largest privately held, privately owned um, arts and crafts uh, store in the world. And you know, if you go on Hobby Lobby's website, you go in their stores. Their whole, their whole agenda is to push God's kingdom. Now, when you get on God's agenda, when you make God's agenda your agenda, he's going to push you out there. Why? Because he's trying to promote you to give you an influence in the earth. Amen? There are many others. I told you about the Philadelphia Eagles football team. Amen? Who I knew before the Super Bowl, they were going to win the game. I, told, I said that. They were going to win the game because they're Eagles. Right. But I, what I didn't know before I said that was uh, that this the Philadelphia Eagles is known throughout the NFL as the most Christian football team in the NFL. That they're 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 so Christianized that while they're on at, at team that team hotels, they're having evangelistic meetings and baptizing in the team pools. They're, they're doing it on a regular basis. Not only to, to their players, but any other team comes in town or wherever they go, they're evangelizing and baptizing other players. Now, y'all not even excited about that, but that's, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And when they did, they got on that stage, uh, the, the, you know, players and so forth were all giving glory, not just to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all right? Back in January, uh, the University of Alabama won the national uh, title. National Football Championship, right? Well, the quarterback who, who was starting the game is a Christian, but he got pulled from the game. And second, second half, they put in another uh, quarterback. He's a freshman, a true freshman, 18-year-old kid on a college campus. Put him in the game, brought him back, scored three touchdowns, won the game, and got up there and said, I want to give God all the honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they asked him, how did you stay so calm? How did you manage this high pressure? He said, I prayed in tongues the whole time. On national television, I prayed in tongues the whole time. Do you understand God is using this revealing year, this time, to raise up his people, to promote his people, to put us out front? Perhaps the biggest horse, horse race in the world is the Kentucky Derby was run this past Saturday. The, the horse that run name was Justified. 
justified. Glory to God. Out front, won the race by, by a huge margin. And when, when he won, his owner and his jockey both got on camera and said, we just want to honor our Savior, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who made all this possible. Now you can, now come on, that's big. People might think, well, that's just coincidence. It, there's no coincidence in the Hebrew language. In God's language that he uses, there's no word, no such word as coincidence. God has set everything up. I want to show you tonight that God is setting you up too. Okay? For testimonies. But there will be tests along the way that if you pass the test, if you endure the testing, you're going to come out with great testimonies. Glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. I, I, I want you to turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 3, please. On, Daniel, chapter 3. That's Old Testament. Daniel, chapter 3. And I'm going to look at verse, let's go right to verse 30. Daniel 3. How many of y'all ever heard of Daniel? Yes. How many of y'all ever heard of three, what they call the three Hebrew boys? Yes, they say that like it's a fairy tale. The three Hebrew boys. Like the three blind mice, the three musketeers. <laughs> but it's the three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? If you look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 30, it says, then the king, y'all are there? Yes. Then the king did what? Promote. promote. Everybody say promote it. Promote it. In other words, that pr promote member is part of Gadol. It's great. So the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, in the province of Babylon. Or we can say the king made them great. Or we could really say made them greater. Because if you, in fact, let's, let's look back here. Uh, chapter 1, let me find it here. Chapter 1, there's a verse in here. Hallelujah. Um, verse 19. Chapter 1, verse 19, you're there? Says, then, this is after they went on that 10-day fast. Well, you know, we call it Daniel fast. Those guys said, we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's meat or the king's delicacies. Right? We're not going to drink his wine. We're going we're gonna to eat according to our custom. All right? So then what happened? Verse uh, 18. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. That's the king of Babylon. Then the king interviewed them. Interviewed them. Hallelujah. And among them... Among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Now, that was a promotion right there because these were slaves who could have been stuck out in the fields. <laughs> I ain't going to talk about that with us, praise the Lord. But they ended up getting promoted out in the fields. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about that. And they end up serving before the king. That was a promotion. Right? Now go back to Daniel 3, verse 30. Daniel 3, verse 30. Because we love this part here, don't we? Promotion. Don't we like talking about promotion? Everybody loves promotion. Praise the Lord. Daniel 3, verse 30 says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now that word promoted Actually, is, it literally means cause them to prosper. In my, if, in my, my center column reference here, 
if you have a good Bible, there'll be a little note on that word promoted that will say uh, literally caused to prosper. The king, so promotion is, is part of prosperity. Prosperity includes promotion. Are you hearing me tonight? I mean, you understand it, even in the natural, right? If you're working on a job and you're at one, uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, retired uh, Army uh, personnel here, you understand what it was, it was to go from a G5 to a G6, and, you know, you understand that. Some of y'all worked in government. None of y'all? All right, to go, for, go at different pay grades. Every promotion meant also a different pay grade. Right? So we understand that in the natural. So when he promoted them, it says literally that word promoted means he caused them to prosper. Now we get excited about that, don't we? Well, I got three people. Nobody else excited. Anybody else in here excited about promotion or prosperity? Well, act like it then, don't it? All right. So they, got, they were promoted. Everybody say they were promoted. And that's, that's wonderful. That's a great testimony. But how many of you know that there was a test before this testimony? Some of you know the story. These guys, along with Daniel, they had committed themselves that they, they were not going to bow down when Nebuchadnezzar erected a golden statue nine feet tall of, of himself. He's, he's got this idol, and he said, made a decree. Anybody who doesn't bow down to my statue, when we play this music, they're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace. Well, these guys said, no, we serve the only living God. We're not going to bow down to some idol. We're not going to bow down to you. I know we're over here in your kingdom, but we still serve God. We're going to still sing Zion songs in a strange land and say, we're not going to bow. So then the people came and told on them. The devil was always telling you when you decided you're going to walk with God. That's what happened. That's what happened. The devil told on them. And so the report got back to King Nebuchadnezzar. These guys are not bowing down to your statue. Right? So he says, hey, call them in because I like those guys. Remember, they were serving before him. I like those guys. Hey, guys, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Benigo, guys, what's the problem? Aren't we cool? Haven't I been good to you? You, sir, you, I don't have y'all out in the fields. Y'all are here in the air condition. <laughs> right? That, no. He said, now listen, this is what we got to do. This, as you know, once I make a decree, because I'm the king now, I'm the king. You're going to make me look bad because I made a decree. So don't make me look bad, fellas. When I, when I tell them to play that music, y'all got to bow down, okay? And so they didn't do it. Now he's hot. So he turned the fire up. Make me hot, I'm going to turn the fire up on you. Because now, now they're under a threat. A direct threat. And they still refused to bow. You know the story how it ends up, right? They didn't bow, so they were thrown into the fire furnace. They, the men got them, got them together and tied them up. Went to go, they opened the door of the, of the furnace, threw them in, and while they were throwing them in, the men who were throwing them in, they died from the heat of the fire. That's how hot this fire was. The men who were throwing them in, they died from the heat of the fire. But when Nebuchadnezzar looks up, the three men who were thrown in, tied up, he looked in and said, wait a minute, I thought we threw in three men bound. I see four men walking around loose. 
so the ropes burnt up. But their hair didn't burn. Their clothes didn't burn. Their body didn't burn. And not only that, there's a fourth man in the fire. How many of y'all know that fourth man was? Come on, don't fool me. How many of y'all know that fourth man was? He said, it looks like the Son of God. Because he'll always, Jesus will always, the Lord will always show up with you in the midst of your test. When they came out, Nebuchadnezzar had to change his tomb. He said, no, I'm changing that decree. He said, from now on, anybody who bought on any God but their God, you're going to die. Then we get to verse 30. Then the king, did y'all catch that? Then the king, so promotion came. This is now their place for testimony, but they have been through a test. Now, let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. Did God throw them in the fire? No. Did God set that whole thing up? No. So God didn't cause it, but God used it. That's what I want to get across to you tonight, that whatever you may be going through, whatever trial, test, temptation, tribulation you may be facing, God didn't cause it, but he can use it. Oh, you better, you better write that down. You better write that down. You better write that down. God didn't cause it, but he can use it. God never causes any of the problems that we have. But if you'll, if you'll work your faith, if you'll stay patient, if you'll by patience possess your soul, God will take what the devil meant for evil and turn it around and use it for your good. Y'all got that tonight? So then they were promoted. Yo, praise the Lord. Now, so the path to greatness can also be gruesome. And the issue is most people, I'm talking about people of God, but I'm just going to say most people are not willing to go through the tests that come before the testimonies. That's really the issue with people. People, people they, they I, I want promotion, but I don't want no problems. I mean, let me just tell you the truth. Here's the truth. I would love, I would love, and my wife would probably appreciate this, appreciate this too. I would love to be chiseled. You know what I mean by chisel? I would love to be cut. You know what I mean? Lean. Lean, mean fighting machine. I love to be. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excited about the process. Because see, in the process, I'm gonna face resistance. That's what weightlifting is. It's resistance. And most of us don't want to deal with the resistance that it takes. Come on now, y'all laughing, but some of y'all, you want to you wanna be three sizes smaller than you are. Don't lie to me. 
Pastor, if I can just get one size, I'll be, I'll be happy. Three sizes happy. Glory. <laughs> Most people in their life want promotion. Most people want increase. Most people want prosperity. Nobody enjoys being broke. I don't know anybody who just enjoys. I just, I just like being broke. I just like never having any money. I just like, no, nobody likes that. Nobody enjoys being the lowest person. But most people are not willing to go through the process that it takes to get where they want to go. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, there will be tests before your testimony. <laughs> there will be tests. Now, I'm not telling you God's doing this. Matter of fact, my whole intent tonight to show you is that God's not the one doing it. But he'll turn it. <laughs> He's not causing it. But he'll use it. Are you hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Kim mentioned, uh, she preached it uh, here a couple, a few Sundays ago here about uh, stand your ground. And here's the truth. If we'll learn to stand our ground, we'll, we'll be able to walk in victory. The key to walking in victory is standing your ground. Hallelujah. Well, what's the whole point about standing your ground? Standing your ground means something's coming against you. I was, te- I was telling the story, Julius, here when we were, uh, this, when I preached uh, probably the, the must have been the Wednesday after Pastor Kim preached that message, Stand Your Ground. Remember when we were kids, and we used to be back at, back at PT, and some reason they had a big old mound of dirt in the front yard. We used to play a game called King of the Hill. Man, this, any of y'all remember that when you were kids ever played that game like that? You, you found your big mound of dirt or something, and you, you had to be the king. You just, and people going to run up, run up on you trying to knock you down. And you had to get a good firm footing to try to stand your ground. So y'all remember that, all right. It's resistance. If, you, if you're going to be king, and if you wanted to become king, you had to knock something else down. Glory to God. We used to play a game called Kill a Carrier. I know none of y'all ever heard of that. Julius, my brother, he remember this. We were little kids. We we <laughs> we we be playing killer carry at church in our church clothes. Remember that? How many how many beatings we got, boy? Come home with holes all in your dress pants and everything. It didn't matter to us. We we played we almost we, we played the touch version in the in the parking lot on asphalt. We just want man. If we could find us a good ball of aluminum foil. When you have a football, just some aluminum foil, you ball it up real tight, throw it in there, whoever get it, you run. And, but if you want to become the carrier, you had to tackle the person who was carrying the ball. And if you wanted to score, you had to avoid all, of, all the tackles. This is what we did as boys now. This is serious. But if you can survive the test, you have a testimony. There's no Bible character who ever rose to greatness or reached their destiny without facing challenges. There's no Bible character that ever reached greatness or their destiny without facing challenges. All of our great heroes, they're our heroes because they face challenges. 
and they stood the test. Look over in Acts 14, please. Look over in Acts 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 14. Thank you, Lord. And let's look at here verse 19. One of our Bible heroes named Paul, the Apostle Paul. All right? Say that, but these are true stories. You gotta, you gotta make sure I said these are not fairy tales. The Bible is not a book of fairy tales. These are true stories. Okay? Acts 14, verse 19. Says, Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. They came to a city called Lystra here, okay? And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned, listen to this, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Okay? Now, you understand, God didn't do this. Okay? They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. In actuality, he died. He died. In that, in that moment, uh, remember, you know, you read in 2 Corinthians 12 about how Paul talked about how uh, I know a man, whether anybody out of the body who went to heaven, saw things, and he said, heard things, it's not lawful for me to speak. This is when this happened. He literally died. Okay? Yeah, they, I mean, they stoned him. Okay, verse 20, however, when the disciples gathered around him, hey, hey. Hey, hey, I, I figured these were probably prayer warriors. These weren't casual Christians around, these disciples here. He rose up and went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. He was stoned, had died, and the next day he's going, he's traveling. <laughs> That's the testimony right there. Glory to, Glory to God. Now watch this, verse 21. Now this is his experience he just had. Verse 21, and when they had preached the gospels of that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra. That's the, that's the spot right there. Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting or encouraging them to continue in the faith. Now he says, now what? Look, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. He's about to exhort them or encourage them, admonish them. This is, this, he's about to give them a word of encouragement. Y'all want a word of encouragement? Listen to this word of encouragement. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Be encouraged. Did y'all catch that? This, isn't that encouraging? If I came in Sunday and said, hey, guys, this week you're going to really go through some stuff. Be encouraged. Well, I came for a word. Pastor, you got a word for me? Yes. You about to go through something. This is what he said. He said, I don't want you to have this false notion that you're going to reach your destiny. You're going to reach your maximum point in God and never face any challenges. I want to be truthful with you. You have an adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He said you got to resist him steadfast in the faith. Yeah. Resist him means you're going to counter some, up some pressure. Right. Glory to God. Y'all don't want to hear this tonight, boy. Because I wanted to worry about everything going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Tell you that, it's going to be all right. But you're going to go through some stuff. Come on, tell somebody this. You're going to be all right. 
But you're going to go through some stuff. And it won't be God doing it. But it'll be God using it. Glory to God. Man, that's what an encouraging word. We must, through many, many, And not one or two, buddies. All right, Lord, I've been through it now. I'm good. No, many. Been through a few hard trials. You ain't been through enough. Many. <laughs> Glory to God. And you wonder why so many Christians quit. Why they run into the first wall. And you know what? This, this ain't going to work. Well, somehow they got a notion in their mind that I just arrived on easy street. Well, it's an easy street, but there's, there's, there's these enemies that come on the street who are trying to get you off the street. Are you hearing me tonight? So he says, you'll, you'll through many tribulations or tests or trials enter the kingdom of God. Thank you, Paul, for that great word of encouragement. <laughs> Let's look at 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Hallelujah. Man, man, Paul, I thought when I got saved, everything was going to be all right. It is all right. Matter of fact, go, don't, don't, don't go there yet. Uh, you must do many tribulations into the kingdom of God, right? Right? Yes. Now, give me, uh, Holy Ghost just brought this to me. John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. Y'all still have uh, Acts? Hold, go, go back to Acts. Go back to Acts. Go back to Acts. Let, let's read it again. Give me that scripture in Acts. Acts 14 and verse 22. Y'all want to read it? This, I want y'all to read it with me this time. Ready? Read. Wait, okay. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Continue in the faith. That's part of it. This is the key so how you're going to get through this thing, continue in the faith. Don't quit. Don't give up. You make your faith as a servant. Use him. Send him out there to clear this path for you, right? Continue the faith and saying, read it, ready, go. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Right? So let's not be surprised when many tribulations come. Okay? Oh, deal? Okay, now hold that in your Bible, but let's get John 16, 33. Holy Ghost needed to add this here. It says here, Jesus said, just as Jesus talking, he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Yeah, you're going to have a mess, but in me you can have peace in the midst of all that mess. In me you may have peace. Watch this. In the world... You will have tribulation. Stop being shocked. As though, Peter said, as though some strange thing happened to you. Thinking not strange concerning the fiery trials that have come to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you is what Peter says. It's not strange. Pastor, I'm going through. Good, welcome to the club, buddy. 
The devil really showed out. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know what that means? It means you're on your way. Oh, he's really showing out this week, Pastor. That means you're really close. You're really close. Because if the devil's not bothering you, you're on the same team. Right? Y'all watch football and basketball, those sports where you really got offense, defense, head to head all the time. A, a, a defender doesn't go hit his own man, his own teammate. He hits the person on the opposing team. So if the devil's hitting you, it's because you're on the opposing team. Don't be surprised by all these fiery trials that come to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Matter of fact, Peter said, he went on, went on to say, these things are common for your brothers throughout the world. Right? So Jesus said, this is Jesus talking. You can believe Jesus Christ, right? In the world, you will. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. No power to harm you. That's why I think Amplifies. Get the Amplified real quick. Amplified talks about he's deprived it of its power to harm you. He says, but I've overcome the world. I have deprived it. That means it, the world, and its tribulations of power to harm you and have conquered it, the world, and its tribulations for you. So you're not going to tribulation. You're going through tribulation. You understand? Don't park and pull over in the tribulation. Don't pitch a tent in the tribulation. Keep it moving. Keep it stepping. Keep it pimping. Keep it, keep, keep it moving. Tell your neighbor, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep walking by faith. I'm standing in faith. No, don't stand. No, walk in faith. Come on, keep walking. Keep moving. Keep moving. Come on, tell somebody, keep moving. Just keep moving. Glory to God. You ever, you, you ever travel through a tunnel? When you go, go to a tunnel, you don't go to a tunnel, you go through a tunnel. Right? And you, have, you ever been, been in a tunnel and your, your phone service goes dead, dead or your satellite service, you don't have anything on there because you're, you're going, you say, oh, what happened? Oh, I was going through a tunnel. Do you know the moment you enter it, you're on your way out of it? Unless you pull over. The moment you enter the tunnel, you're on your way out of it. Well, how long is the tunnel? I don't know how long the tunnel is, but the moment you enter it, you're on your way out of it. And if, it might be dark when you go in, but if you keep going, you'll be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Keep on going towards the light. You're going to come in. You're going to come out of it. Glory to God. So you're going to have tribulations. Amen? Amen? Go to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Hallelujah. Well, this is so encouraging tonight, boy. You're going to go through some stuff. Now, don't be, don't be worried. God is already deprived of his power to harm you. You're not going to be whipped. You're not going to be overcome. You're more than a conqueror. Nay, in all these things, you are more than conquerors. Through him that loved you. Glory to God. Matter of fact, really, what you're going through ain't really that bad anyway. You've not yet resisted the blood. 
You ain't bleeding. Right? Glory to God. Second Timothy 3, verse 10. Are you there? Paul says this. This is that same Paul from Acts. He says to Timothy, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Watch verse 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at, come on, Iconium, and at, come on, what persecutions I endured. Y'all look really excited about this tonight. Y'all like, I don't want to hear this. He said, I, what persecutions I endured. Endured. I went, I, I, I went through, through the duration of it. You are durable enough to stand any temptation. Do you understand that? You are durable enough. In fact, what you're not durable enough, God will not let you go through it. Isn't that right? You know how people sing these songs, preach these messages all wrong, but the Lord, won't, he won't never put more on you than you can bear. Right? And y'all don't know that that's not scripture, right? That's not scripture at all. The Bible says he will not allow you. <laughs> uh, where is that? That's 1 uh, Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. Let's look at it. Verse 13, I think it is. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Are you there? No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Y'all see that? But God is faithful who will not allow you. So he's never causing you any temptation. James said, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. God doesn't tempt you. God doesn't put tests and trials on you. Glory to God. Get all that religious stuff out of your mind. God is good. He does good. And he's good to all. So it says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So God knows what you are able to endure. And so if there's something that's bigger or beyond your durability, he won't even allow, allow it to come on you. Oh, y'all not catching that. He won't even allow it to come on you. So my point to you is that if he has even allowed it, to come on you, he knows you already have the durability to endure it. You already have what it takes to outlast this storm, to outlast this test. You understand that here? Man, this thing is so easy once you get it. All right, back in 2 Timothy. Let me go back and try to finish that verse here. 2 Timothy 3, verse 11. This is where we left off here. He says, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Hallelujah. And watch this. And out of them all, the Lord, everybody say that. Say, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. <laughs> out of all of them. Uh, Hold that. Hold your finger there. Go to Psalm 34. Yes, 
Go to Psalm 34. Glory to God. Psalm 34. Hallelujah. Are you already getting charged up here? Psalm 34. Let me start at verse 17. Now, remember what Paul just said. Out of them all, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Out of all them, this bad English, out of all them persecutions. Or we can say out of all them afflictions. That's what he said here. Okay? Now, look at Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and out of all... This is, this is like ba ba uh, basic Bible preaching tonight. This, this ain't no deep revelation tonight. This is just, uh, come on. Keep on going, boy. This is just getting the nitty to the gritty right here. He says, out of them all, he said, the Lord delivers them out of all their troubles. Verse 18, the Lord is near or close to those of a broken heart and saves or delivers such as, as have a contrite spirit. Verse 19, can you read? Many, many, many. Lord, I'm going through again. Many. Nobody comes to church and gets excited about many afflictions. You never heard anybody make a single song, write a song about, ooh, I'm going through many afflictions. Look forward to my afflictions. Afflicted. Afflicted. Nobody, nobody doing that. Ain't nobody doing that. Because people don't get excited about that. Nobody becomes a New York Times best-selling author writing about afflictions. You about to go through. Oh, I want that book. I need that book right now. I'm about to go through. Nobody, nobody get excited about that. So then what happens is the devil comes, oops, upside people's heads. And they think all of a sudden, oh, God has forgotten me. Oh, God, does, he's not, he's not saying it. Yeah, God sees it. That's why it says the righteous cry out, verse 17, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their, out of their troubles, out of all their troubles. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Glory to God. All right, now, let's, 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 let's be smart tonight. Let's be smart. I want to see how smart you are. So if Paul said over here that uh, the persecutions in 2 Timothy 3, 11, he said, persecutions I endured. He said, out of them all the Lord delivered me, right? Then over here in Psalm 34, David says, verse 17, the Lord delivers me out of, or the Lord delivers them out of all their troubles. Then he says in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Then if God delivers out of them, could God be the one causing them? Wouldn't that be stupid? 
And yet most people in the church walk around with a belief system that says God is bringing this on me. Oh, I know maybe not you because y'all all, you know, but your cousins think that. Your co-workers think. I'm talking about your, your church co-workers and your church neighbors and your church friends, your church family. They, they, most of them, 90% of the body of Christ walking around today believing that when that sickness came, God is putting this on me to test me. That when they lost their house, God was taking me through something to teach me a lesson. He's working on me. He's, they got in a car accident or something like that or they lost their job. When a tornado came through and tore up a city or a hurricane came through or whatever, that's this is an act of God. God did this. But that would be stupid. A waste of God's time and resources to put you through it only to have to bring you out of it. Now, I'm not the, the smartest, the sharpest knife in a drawer. But I bet God is. If God were in the drawer, I'd call him the sharpest knife in the drawer. And if he's the sharpest, he knows better than to put you through it only to have to bring you out of it. You understand that? So I don't care what negative thing may be coming against you in your life, don't ever think it's God. God is good. Now, now, in these same churches, they'll say, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. They'll say that, but yet when cancer hits their body, well, the Lord is working, you know, he's doing something. What? When their loved one passes away, God's too wise to make a mistake. That's right. He didn't make that mistake. He didn't do that. I mean, funerals just all just just get me like this, boy. I, I, got, I know I got one this weekend. I'm gonna be like, all right, because I want to yell out, stop talking about my daddy like that. Make my daddy look bad. I'm talking about my father, God. Make him look bad. Keep talking about stuff God did. God did this. God decided. God did. God didn't do that. He made us all kind of promises about us living long and strong. He said, he said, you shall come to the grave. You read Job chapter 5. You shall come to the grave at a full old age. God says when his kingdom is fully manifested, people who die at 100 will be considered cursed. So you die at 100 and he'd be like, that's, you cursed. He said, be 100 years old, you can, you'd be considered like a baby. I'm talking about God now. Right? When you read Genesis 6, I think it's verse 2 or 3, it talks about the man's our normal lifespan is 120 years. Our normal lifespan. So when people say these things about God, where do they get this from? The devil. Who taught somebody, and they taught somebody, and they taught somebody. And there'll be man born of a woman. It's a few days and full of trouble. Oh, yeah. It's a few days. What? Right? Something's wrong with that. I said something's wrong with that. 
So we got to make sure we don't have it in our minds that when trouble or tribulation or temptation or affliction comes, that God had anything to do with it. Are you following me tonight? Can I keep going? Go over here to um, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, because I want to make sure I have it established in your heart that God's not behind this stuff. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. When you get there, say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's half of you. 1 John 1, verse 5. You get on the screen, please. They'll find it. It says, this is the message that we have, which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That word darkness is the same word. You look up in the Greek, it'll also talk about wickedness or evil. So God is light and there's no darkness or no wickedness or no evil in him at all. So God doesn't have affliction. He doesn't have persecution. He doesn't have, he doesn't have uh, poverty. He doesn't have it. He can't give it to you because he doesn't have it. It's not in him. Some of y'all struggling with that. It's not in him. God doesn't have anything negative to give you. He doesn't have anything negative to offer you. Anytime that God was exercising his wrath on someone, he didn't put anything on him. He just took something off of him. You understand? His hand, he take, once he takes his hand off you, that's the reason. Okay, all right, thank you, Lord. Go to um, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. I know it. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. Let's watch this. Watch this. Boy, watch this. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name what? Jabez sang because I bore him in pain. Now look at verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Watch this. That you, your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Other translations will say that I may not experience pain or have any hurt. He understood that for him to, to, to have no evil, God's hand had to be on him. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 51, Lord, uphold me with your free spirit. Take not your spirit from me. Because if God, once God removes his hand from you, you are now exposed to the present evil that's in this world. They understand that. So God's not putting anything on you. Glory to God. I hope y'all can handle that tonight. So 1 John 1, 5 said there's no darkness in him at all. Now let's look at James 1, 17. James 1.17. Let's be establishing this here real quick. Notice what it says here. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. What kind of gifts? Good gifts and? Why? Because that's all God has. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? That's, that's all God has to offer is good gifts, is good things. So he said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, is from above, is from above, is from above. If you get anything good and perfect, it didn't come from below, it didn't come from beside, it came from above. Got it? And comes down from the Father of 
And we just read he's in him there's all light, right? With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Your King James says variableness. Simply means God is not going to, he's not good on Tuesdays and he's so-so on Thursdays. Which means God won't be good to Devin and then be so-so to Justin. That's not how God is. God only has, <laughs> there's, there's this kid on, our, on my son's baseball team. Uh, they come to this church. Y'all know Romeo. I mean, no, Romeo. Romeo, that boy, he's, he's an awesome baseball player. Awesome, awesome baseball player. And this, this kid, uh, when he throws the ball, he has one speed. <laughs> and it's fast. Matter of fact, we, we call it fire. He has one, whether he's pitching, whether he's playing shortstop on the ball to, to, fir, to first base, whether he's the catcher throwing the ball to second or the catcher throwing the ball back to the pitcher. It's one speed. Wham! I mean, here, here, be honest with you. A few weeks ago, I was, uh, we, they had a practice one Sunday, and so uh, they got me put on a glove. I'm out, I'm out there playing catcher, right? That's about three weeks ago. I'm out there playing catcher, and uh, we're doing this, running this drill with all the kids. And so on third base, they put Romeo and Jonathan. Well, Jonathan, he's not as, he's doesn't have as fast of a, of a throw as, as Romeo, but he throws really hard. He's like fire, too. It's, I mean, if Jonathan's fire, Romeo is inferno. We'll put it that way. Okay? These kids throw hard. And I have the responsibility of catching their balls. My fingers still hurt. With a mitt. I had on a mitt. And my fingers are still hurting to this day. I'm like, good night. I ain't never doing that no more. But anyway, Romeo only has one speed. So we have to tell him, hey, Romeo, don't, you can't throw back to the pitcher like that. This, this just, you're just throwing it back, man. Just. He comes up. Bam! No, 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 no. Hey. Some of y'all been, I'm not kidding. I mean, this an awesome baseball player. Awesome kid, yeah, in general. Just a really, really good kid. One of the best kids you ever meet. And God only has one, one speed. It's good. That's all God has. It doesn't matter if he's throwing a you, a you, a you, a you, a you. Doesn't matter if it's white or black or red or yellow. God is no respecter of persons. That's what, that's what your Bible said. Put Romans 10, verse 12 up on the screen. Romans 10, verse 12. Glory to God. Watch this. Romans 10, verse 12. He says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call. Upon him, the same Lord over all is rich to all call upon him. There's another scripture over here, I think Acts 10. Uh, let's see, Acts 10 and uh, verse, is it 25? Acts 10, 25, somewhere around there. No, not 25. Uh, 34, Acts 10, 34. Acts 10, 34. Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. King James, God is no respect of persons. It means God doesn't look at one person and say, no. That, that's, that's the reason why you can't have this thing about, I'm not sure if it's God's will or heal. 
when you look at Jesus Christ and his ministry, he walked this planet, and the Bible say the crowd will show up, and it will say, and he healed them all. He wouldn't pick and choose, no, I'm not going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. Hey, give me, you over here, I'm going to heal you. No, he didn't. Anybody. Right? His, Luke 5, that, that, uh, that house that he was in, right, right at the beginning of Luke 5, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. Because God doesn't pick and choose. All, he only knows good. Are y'all hearing this tonight? I better hurry up. Y'all are starting to fade out on me. He, he, all he knows is good. That's why every good and perfect gift comes down from him. All right? Thank you, Lord. All right, go to Psalm 66. No, go to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. I want to try to, again, get this point across to you tonight. Psalm 71. Okay, so we're going to see something here. Hallelujah. 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 Psalm 71, verse uh, 19 through 21. Now, look, look what it says here. It says, also your righteousness, O God, is very high. You have done you who have done great things, O God, who is like you? Verse 20, you, have, you who have shown me great and severe troubles. Uh-oh, we got a problem here. It says, you who have shown me great and severe troubles, but it says, shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. So it looks like God is the one showing you trouble here. Verse 21, you shall increase my greatness and come from me on every side. We get excited about that. But if I'm looking at that, it looks like God's the one bringing me to trouble only to bring me out of it. Now, we already said God's got to be the sharpest knife in, in the drawer. So he's not going to do that. Now, let's switch. If you were to look at this in other translations, you're going to see it's different. Now, let's look at this in the, the New Living Translation, please. NLT, verse uh, 19. Let's start there. Verse 19. It says, your righteousness, righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? Verse 20. You have allowed me. Now, this is different. This is different. This is not you've shown me, you've done it. This is you have allowed me. Because what you got to understand is there are, there are passive verbs, verbs and there are causative verbs. And so you got to make sure it's translated properly. So the proper translation of this is not that, God, you've done it. It is you have allowed it. All right? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. That makes more sense. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Most of you wouldn't, wouldn't go and uh, ramshack your child's room to make them, make them clean it up. Right? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about if it's already clean. The room's clean. You're not going to go ramshack the room and say, you better clean it up. That makes you an idiot. I'm not, I'm not talking about they, you tell them to, you try to make sure they, they do it right. I'm not talking about that. You've already told them. They, I'm talking about the room is already clean. Right? So God's not going to come and ruin your life only have to come back and fix it. He's going to take your life where it is and keep fixing it and keep improving it and keep, keep increasing your greatness. Right? So again, I want you to notice here, you have allowed me. Everybody say allow. allow. 
So you have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. Verse 21, please. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Y'all got that? So again, I want you to understand God's not causing this, but he'll use it. Okay? Go to Psalm 66. Psalm 66, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 66, verse 8. Got it? Y'all there yet? Verse 8 says, Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Verse 11. Oh, this, it looks trouble here. You have brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. Is God schizophrenic or what? <laughs> Verse 12, you have caused men to ride over our heads. Caused. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. This makes it look like God did all this mess to us and then brought us out and said, look, see what I did? Doesn't make any sense. Let's look at, give me, um, I don't even think I said this to you. Let, let, me, let me give you this. I'm, I'm going to give you just verse 12. Because verse 12 is, is the key word here. Whereas in verse 12 it says, in ours you have caused. Look, give me that in the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible. Holman Christian Standard Bible. In fact, if you have your little device, you look, almost every translation will change that word caused to let. Almost every one you look at. Okay, look at this. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. Does it make more sense to you now? Are you sure? Okay, this is, this is much better than you caused. Cause doesn't make any sense. And that's not how it should have been translated. Again, if you use your little device, you go on whatever Bible application, and you pull up all the translations, most 90% of them would change the word to let or allow. Because that's what the verb actually was. It was a passive verb. You understand that? Give me the same uh, verse in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. It says, you've allowed our enemies to prevail against us. We've passed through fire and flood, yet in the end, you always bring us out better than we were before, saturated with your goodness. Are you seeing this here? So no, God did not cause it, but he used it to make you better than you were before you went into it. Are you seeing that here? So, so don't, don't, don't always run away from the tribulation. Praise God. All right, God, I see it. Now I'm going to use my faith to come out of it. Because you don't want to go. God's not doing that. See, let me go back to this whole thing about sickness. When people, people think, people say, well, this sickness is on me because God is doing this, doing this to me. And what they do is they, that, that, let, that allows them to now just go through that. And don't fight it. But they're going to the doctor, but they're not fighting it. They're taking all the prescription, but they're not fighting it. Something wrong with that. If God put it on you, stop taking medicine. 
If God's trying to teach you a lesson, go ahead and learn your lesson like a good student. Right? You and I know that that doesn't make any sense because that's not how God operates. Glory to God. So you've allowed our enemies to prevail against us. We've passed through fire and flood. Yet in the end, you always bring us out better than we were before, saturated with your goodness. King James says you brought us out into a wealthy place. That's what God wants to do, is bring you out in the end into a better, better place than you were before you went into it. All right? Let me give you a couple more scriptures here, and then we'll, we'll quit for tonight. Hallelujah. Have y'all learned anything so far? Yes. Has this helped you at all? Yes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1. God knows exactly how to repurpose every situation that we're dealing with and turn it around for our good. Ephesians 1, chapter 11. Everybody say repurpose. repurpose. That, that came to us a few weeks ago here. We're talking about that word repurpose. People do that now in furniture and all kinds of stuff. They like to repurpose something. Take something and they... Up, up cycle, is that what it's called? People are not recycling as much as they're upcycling now. I take it and do something else with it. I change the use of it. God is the master of that. He's always been doing that. Uh, in Ephesians 1.11 says, In him, in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance, an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Do y'all see that? So God works all things according to the counsel of his, of his will. So that means he can work that thing the devil has brought against you. He can rework it according to his plan. He can take it and turn it around for your good. He can take it and, take it and make it work out as part of your promotion process. That's repurposing here. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. Nothing can stop the will of God. Nothing can stop God's counsel. Go to Psalm number 33. Psalm 33. Let's go over there. Psalm 33, verse 10. Hallelujah. Psalm 33, verse 10. Do y'all see that? It says, verse 10, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. Now, that means whatever people have planned against you, God is going to stop it all. He makes it where it doesn't have the effect on you that it's supposed to have. They meant to kill you. They meant to destroy you. They meant to stop you. They meant to slow you down. They meant to shame you. They meant to embarrass you. They meant to, they meant to put you out there, but God won't let it have the effect. Now, the weapon might be formed. Isaiah 54, verse 17. The weapon might be formed, but it will not prosper. Prosper means have a successful end to it. So it might be formed, and it might even come against you, but it won't have a, a successful end. So no matter how they have strategized and conspired against you, it will not have a successful end to it because God brings it to nothing. But let's look at the flip side. Everybody say the flip side. Verse 11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation or the people whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, nothing can stop you. Nobody can stop you. 
That's what God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Nobody can stop you. Y'all remember this guy? People say this all the time. Uh, this scripture, Genesis 50, 50 verse 20. Get it on the screen, please. Let's close out that, with that one. Genesis 50 verse 20. This guy talking here is a guy named Joseph. Remember Joseph the dreamer? Who has a good Bible? New King James. Good New King James Bible. Go to, go to Genesis 37. Just the people who have, that, have a good Bible. If you got one of yours from the hotel, that's, that don't count. I'm talking about a good when you purchase a, a Gideon's. Above Genesis 37, what was the title? Joseph dreams of greatness. That's what we're talking about right here, right? God increasing our greatness. So Joseph had dreams of greatness. Now go to Genesis 50, verse 20. Genesis 50, verse 20. Now here, this is the end of the book. The end of the account of Joseph's life before he gets ready to pass away here in the next, next uh, few minutes, from, you know, you know, in, in time, you know what I mean? But he says, this is to his brothers. Remember his brothers? He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, remember what his brothers did to him. And he said that what you all meant for evil, God meant it or God turned it. He repurposed it for good. Remember, you read Joseph's dreams of greatness. Now, most of us were like, when I dream of greatness, okay, I dream of this greatness, and tomorrow, I'm going to be great. (laughs) Next week, I'm I'm going straight to greatness. I'm going straight from nothingness to greatness. 24-hour turnaround. 72-hour miracle, Apostle said. But greatness generally doesn't happen like that. Greatness, you have to go through something. You have to, you have to uh, achieve levels of mastery. Levels where you have, you have accomplished and comprehended something. You go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. From strength to strength, your Bible says. And so it doesn't happen overnight. And it won't happen without the enemy, your adversary, coming along and bringing his plan. The devil knew that, jo- that Joseph had this dream of greatness. So his plan was to kill him. Because here, Joseph is going to save Abraham's seed. The devil hates Abraham's seed. So he wants to kill him. And they plan on killing him. His brothers conspired. They plotted to kill him. But what happened? God said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. No, they can't kill him. Now, he, God, God allowed him to go into a pit. God didn't put him in a pit, but God allowed it. But from the pit, God made the arrangement. I'm going to send a band of marauders to come through. They're going to come through. They're going to get him out of the pit and take him down to Egypt where he needs to be. Now, 
Joseph didn't want to be a slave. God made him a slave. No, God didn't make him a slave. God allowed him to be a slave. But God still blessed him. God was with him, even as a slave. And then that woman came. You know that woman? Because Joseph was a good-looking brother like me. And that woman was all over him. She was like, man, come on. I want to I wanna, I wanna talk to you, Joseph. Joseph. Every day. Jo the Bible said every day. Joseph. And uh, Joseph wouldn't give in. And so he got these trumped up charges. Ended up behind bars. Right? On a false accusation. God didn't throw him in jail. But God used that. So because he ended up in jail, God made sure there was a butler and a baker there. Oh, y'all get over here. Because I'm setting my man up. You know the story. He ended up now in Pharaoh's palace serving Pharaoh and became second in command of the whole world. God didn't do it. He didn't cause it, but he used it. So whatever you're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, God didn't cause it, but he's using it. If you can endure the test, you're going to come out with a great testimony in the end. Glory. Can I, can I give you one more scripture? Y'all stand up because I want to keep talking. Luke 21, verse 12 and 13. This was, this was going to happen in your life. You want to see? Luke 21, verse 12 and 13. This is an example of it. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. Y'all ready to be despised? That's what Apostle talked about this week. Persecuted. He said, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons... You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. You're going to be brought in some trumped-up charges. People are going to make all kinds of accusations. But look at verse 13. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Y'all better read that again, man. Look, put your eyes on that. It's going to turn out for you as an occasion. Oh, you're going to face the test. But you know how it's going to turn out? For a testimony. Glory to God. You're going to be around and say, yeah, I went through, but, but the Lord was with me the whole way. The Lord brought me out, and I came out better than I was when I went in. You remember when the people, you know, here's an example. Second Chronicles 20, when, the, when the, those armies attacked Jehoshaphat and his people. God didn't do that, but God used it. They attacked Jehoshaphat and the people. They said, hey, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And God said, send out the little praise team. Let them go out there and praise and sing songs before me. And they did that. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat's people, they, they, the, Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. The Lord whipped the enemy. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat's people spent three days gathering all those spoils. You hear what I said? Three days, 72 hours, <laughs> collected all those spoils. Glory to God. God didn't attack him, but God used that attack to bring them and make them richer as a whole nation. That's what God will do for you. That's what God will do. Tests and testimonies. Amen? Amen. You receive that tonight, give God a praise for it.
Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we're encouraged tonight, oh God. We're encouraged. We're encouraged. You are with us out of every affliction, out of every trial, out of every tribulation. You will deliver us out of them all. Hallelujah. Nothing can overtake us. Nothing can overcome us, God. We are victorious in all these things. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Through you that loved us. Hallelujah. Think of that. We can't lose. We always win. And every time we win, it's another occasion for testimony. Thank you, Lord. I think that in this house, this house is filled with testimonies. 72-hour miracles. Things you're doing in our midst. Times we've gone through challenges and come out, Lord, shining. Times we've gone through the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and came out and we did not have any burns on us. Our hair was not singed. Our clothes were not singed, God. We didn't smell like smoke, oh, the Lord. Thank you. Think of those times, God, where we did come out, Lord, and something had happened. We had a, some residue, God. Hallelujah. But Lord, Satan's intended effect did not come to pass. Hallelujah. Oh, even the boat might have been destroyed like it was when, in Acts 27 and 28, but there was no loss of life. Thank you that we're making it to the other side. Thank you that God, every one of us has a testimony. And our Lord, even as Lord Pastor Kim and I say all the time to each other, our testimony is being made. God, I pray that you will help every person in this room, every couple, every single person, God, that whenever they're dealing with some issue, whenever they're dealing with some, some shortage, whatever it is that they're going through, that God, they'll, instead of giving up, instead of throwing in a towel, they will say and assert that the testimony is being made. That they are gathering more material. Hallelujah. Every time there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an obstruction, God, there's more material that's being gathered for the testimony, oh Lord. That God will be able to shout on the mountaintops, you are good. <laughs> and you are faithful. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father, that every time we go through anything, you know how to take it and turn it around and use it to bring us, bring us into something greater. Your word says, Father, you will increase our greatness and you will comfort us on every side. So when you comfort us, you're increasing us. When you promote us, you are causing us to prosper in every area of our lives. We receive that tonight. We agree with that. We thank you that it is so. We'll continue to give you all the praise and glory and honor for it all we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Put those hands together one more time and give God a great praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't think it's strange when you're going through fiery trials. These things happen. God's not doing it. 